Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Swifty Quickie brought to you by Rob today. Um, or as I like to think of this as maybe a uh, new thing within the Swifty Quickie family, uh, Rob's listicles, if you will. We can workshop that. Maybe you can give us some feedback. Um, but anyway, uh, I wanted to talk to you today about um, something that was on my mind literally last night, and that is concerts are too damn loud. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't even really think it's related to genre or anything along those lines, um, but maybe you can be the judge after you hear my list. Before I get into it, I do want to just mention, you know, these are obviously all shows I've been to, so there's a little bit of subjectivity there, and also a lot of things affect the sound, you know, the type of venue, the size of the speakers, things like that, so... I'll try to kind of mention that. I'm really talking about artists who are kind of overplaying what their sound system's capabilities are and it affected the show in a negative way. Not always necessarily a reflection of how I feel about the artist either, but a lot of times it did kind of ruin the show for me. So anyway, here's my list of the top 10 loudest concerts I've been to. <laughs> So starting off with number 10, uh, probably a lot of bands could have fit this slot, but I wanted to pay special homage to one that maybe, at least I didn't think would be so loud. That is Max Sabbath. Now, if you don't know who they are, they're a Black Sabbath tribute band and they are McDonald's themed. Their uh, singer dresses like Ronald McDonald and uh, the guitar player dresses like uh, the Hamburglar. And I don't know why, but I just thought like with the comedy elements and all the, you know, like cooking of meat on stage and stuff, they would have been a little more akin to like a Broadway musical and volume level, not like a, uh, you know, full on metal concert, which it really was. <laughs> it was a full on metal concert. People were moshing to uh, McDonald's lyrics. Uh, great time. Didn't ruin my uh, enjoyment of the show. But I will say that they were too loud and they could have been quieter and it would have been just as much fun. But anyway, coming in at number nine, uh, I'm going to give this to Aretha Franklin. I know some of you are probably surprised I've seen her. Uh, I am myself. She sang at Barack Obama's 2009 inauguration, and I think the song was My Country Tis of Thee, and I was uh, in that huge crowd. And this is an instance where it wasn't too loud for me, but I was so, 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 so far away from her that it must have been torture for Obama <laughs> like <laughs> like she's singing to you know the back of the Washington mall and there are people like right next to her and I can only imagine what their ears were like after that uh, beautiful singer maybe just slightly flat but it was super cold that day so I'm not too uh, surprised by that Anyway, coming in at number eight, we're going to go with Lennon Claypool Delirium. I'm sure most of you have not heard of them. That is uh, definitely a niche group. Uh, basically, uh, 
Sean Lennon, who is the son of John Lennon, teamed up with Les Claypool from Primus, and they have this side project going. It's a pretty cool band. It's very experimental, avant-garde. They cover uh, some early Pink Floyd stuff in their set. Um, Personally, I didn't think this was too loud, but I decided to include them on the list because there was truly a little boy in the standing room arena with, I assume it's his dad. I hope it was his dad. And he was scream crying that and begging if he could go. And I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I'm probably just desensitized to the volume, but this kid is being literally tortured right now. Get him out of here. And also, this is probably too loud. <laughs> Definitely for that kid, it was. Alright, coming in at number seven, uh, this is a name you've probably heard before, Deaf Heaven. I talked about them in my Blast Beat uh, quickie. So uh, you'd think maybe with a name like that, they belong on this list, and sure enough, they do. Uh, you might have thought they belong higher on this list, but I didn't think it was you know torturing my ears by any means, but you know, their music has a lot of blast beats obviously in it and uh those are uh by the very nature of the technique super loud and their sound guy was boosting that shit all the way up and it's just like you know snare hit after snare hit like a machine gun in your eardrum for i don't know 90 minutes straight and uh a guy screaming and shrieking in the front which like this might sound like bad music or criticisms. I like this kind of music. It's something I would listen to on the radio, but you know, maybe they could just dial back a touch in person so I could hear the intricacies of the other instruments. Uh, that could be nice. Coming in at number six, uh, this is quite relevant to me because this happened last night, uh, but we're going to go with Eric Gales. Uh, I saw him opening for Buddy Guy. Uh, It was a blues show, and, you know, I figured, like, old-fashioned kind of style like blues with, you know, an 87-year-old headliner, maybe they wouldn't be, uh, you know, like, blaringly loud, but oh my god. Their bass player was just so, so fucking loud. Uh, You might remember Eric Gales being mentioned in a previous quickie where I talked about his raw dog pedal. Well, let me tell you, his bassist was raw dogging my fucking eardrums. It was just earth-shatteringly loud. I felt like every time he hit a note on the bass, I was getting punched in the chest. And to top it all off, um, when Buddy Guy came out and did his set, it was perfectly balanced, great volume. And after one song, Buddy Guy even asked the audience, am I playing too loud? And then he said something like, uh, sometimes I play so funky you can smell it in the streets. I'm like, is he ripping on Eric Gales right now? Anyway, coming in at number five, I'm going to give this slot to Dead Sarah. 
this is another example of the opener having a very different mix from the headliner. Uh, Dead Sarah was opening for Muse at this like uh, huge hockey arena kind of venue. Indoors, obviously, but it was just like all vocal with this one. High, shrilly right in your ears. Um, it was like she was screaming right next to your face the whole time. I still enjoy the show, but I question if I would have if I were uh, sober. <laughs> uh, do with that as you will. Coming in at number four, this is going to go to the legend, the classic, the infamous Ted Nugent. Uh, he definitely already has the reputation for being excessively loud, even before, you know, my time or me being born or whatever. Um, in fact, I think I remember my dad telling me stories about like he went to a Ted Nugent concert with uh, my mom on a date when it was just so loud and she like fell asleep because it was so loud. But anyway, years and years and years later, he took me to see Ted Nugent. I don't know why, because he didn't seem to like it the first time. And it, lo and behold, it was way too loud. Um, I don't personally remember that concert all that well, but I do remember he had like a wall of amps behind him, all of which were real and all of which were on at like full blast. And uh, we left early because it was just, it was getting into the like the encores. It was just um, so, so loud. Coming in at number three, uh, this might be what you would expect to be the number one slot. This might be the kind of band you would expect to hold every slot or bands like them to hold every slot uh, because this is kind of what they're going for. They want to be known as one of the loudest and, you know, most uh, aggressively, uh, you know, in your face groups ever. And that is the one, the only Napalm Death. Um, fun fact, they're also known for having the shortest song ever recorded and released. That is according to Guinness World Records. And let me tell you, I saw that in person. It is not only the shortest song, but is maybe the loudest single song I've ever seen start to finish. <laughs> uh, they're a grind band from England. If you haven't heard of them, you should have heard of them. Uh, everyone should listen to Napalm Death. They do good stuff. They're good people. Um, but one of the things about them that makes them so jarringly loud is that their songs are so short and that they often preface their songs with like speeches uh, if anyone's ever been to like a punk or a grind show you know exactly what i'm talking about like oftentimes they're like political in nature and stuff like that and so it's just really obvious like you you don't get desensitized to it because like the song stops he goes on a rant song starts and you're like oh god it, uh, it's that loud again and um i was also not in front of the speaker where i was standing i was kind of off to the side because i really wanted to watch the drummer and get like a video of him and so i was like behind the speaker still thinking like 
Jesus Christ, this is so loud. And when I got back to my apartment, my roommate uh, like looked at me. He's like, dude, you look like you've been through the war. Like you literally look shell shocked right now. And he went out and bought me earplugs the next day. I was like, never do that again. <laughs> I've tried. Uh, Ethan, if you're listening, I've tried. All right. Anyway, coming in at number two, uh, this is an artist that you might not be aware of because I was barely aware of her before um, she was on The Voice, I guess, at some point. But this is uh, going to go to Beverly McClellan. Um, I hope I'm even saying that right. I really don't know who this person is. I wasn't a fan before. I sure as hell wasn't a fan after. She was randomly opening for Steve Vai, which really doesn't make sense because she's a singer and Steve Vai never has any vocals in any of his music. So I'm not really sure why they did that pairing. Uh, also, the fact that, you know, he does rock and can't tell you what her genre is. It, it just sounded like loud <laughs> it was just her uh similar to the dead sarah you know that loud high shrill kind of um vocal part directly in your ear but dead sarah's was singing crossed with like a fry scream kind of technique which sounds a lot louder than it really is on stage beverly's was more like gospel singing like kind of like full volume you know doesn't need a microphone loud and yet she was holding it as close to her mouth as possible um and this sound guy had her at possibly full blast it was just uh i remember wearing earplugs to that show and still feeling like her set was just torture and i couldn't enjoy one second of it because it was so loud they would think it was like house of blues or something indoor smaller venue i mean with steve vise the headliner you're not going to be at like an arena like dead sarah was at but um just way 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 too loud um didn't enjoy that at all i was so glad when she stopped singing <laughs> Before I get to the number one, I just want to list off a couple honorable mentions, maybe some other people who could have been in the 10 slot. Bands that I like, but definitely when I've seen them, I either needed earplugs or regretted not bringing earplugs. Um, that would go to like Black Dahlia Murder, Van Halen, Between the Buried and Me, Imagine Dragons, Slayer. Um, I could probably go on forever. Uh, I've seen like 80 concerts to date and I don't know, 100. 690 bands i had to check my spreadsheet but um you're all interested in who my number one is <sighs> and you know we were talking with our lawyers about you know the legal implications of bringing this artist up because uh we kind of wanted to pursue a copyright infringement claim on the swift name and the swift empire but number one is taylor swift <laughs> Um, not gonna even say I didn't enjoy the show. I still was able to enjoy it fine. Uh, I did bring earplugs, but let me just give you some perspective, right? This was the Eras tour. This was 
Tampa Bay, Florida, at the Raymond James Stadium, outside, you know, open air. The sound had room to escape to, and yet both my wife and I needed earplugs to even be able to, like, function. And that's just from the music itself. Then you take into perspective all these fans because it was such a massive show there's such a huge turnout screaming the lyrics along and like crying and shouting her name thinking that somehow she might notice you in the fucking huge stadium crowd just massively loud I don't know how she can even do that, like logistically. How can the electricity be there to make the sound that loud? But uh, yeah, and that is my list of the loudest concerts uh, I've ever attended. Uh, Quite possibly there might be a part two to this uh, down the road because I'm not stopping going to concerts. I still pretty much enjoy myself, even if it is too loud more often than it isn't. But I will say, bring earplugs to shows. Just keep them in your your keychain or something. Um, Keep them on you because you'll never know uh, ahead of time if it's going to be too loud or not. But you'll always be thankful when you do have them if it is. That is my PSA to you. Have a good day or night or afternoon or whenever you're listening to this. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our podcast. Swifty Dialogues was brought to you by your hosts, Rob, Cinda, and myself, Ariel. If you want to learn more about us, visit our website at swiftydialogues.com. You can also contact us by filling out the form on our website or emailing us at info at swiftydialogues.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next episode.